What's up, everybody? You are now tuning in and listening to Cedric, Chris, Dempsey, and Justin, and we are the men of the year, your mama's favorite group of men streaming on all major podcast platforms. So please subscribe to Men of the Year Pod for the latest content and leave a positive rating and review and let us know how we're doing. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Men of the Year Pod. And if you have questions, suggestions, need advice, or want us to discuss a specific topic, feel free to email us at menoftheyearpod at yahoo.com or shoot us a message on social media. We appreciate you and we thank you for joining us. Let's get to the episode. Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year. You know, on the song Zoom, Lionel Richie sings, I'd like to fly far from here where my mind can be fresh and clear. A couple of months ago, I disabled a majority of my social media notifications, stopped taking my phone everywhere, even put content creation on hold while I focus on other things. One of the best parts about being an advocate who talks about mental health as it relates to personal development and management is being able to say this is one of the ways that I respect my gifts. Mental health is foundational. It can support success and happiness. We show respect to our gifts through the management of our mental health. So how do you manage, constructively manage your mental health? Help build, grow, and develop a foundation that can help you win. You're capable. Small steps, great distances. You know. Let's go. If you just heard and listened to that clip, we have ourselves a very special guest in the building. He's our first guest, so we know he's going to set the tone for future guests who are going to follow in his footsteps. We have PA announcer, MC on-air sports personality, content creator, motivational speaker, mental health mentor and champion, respect your gift founder, and he's just an overall great dude. We got Blake Karnovic in the house. How you doing, Blake? I'm great, gentlemen. It's nice to be on uh, be on the podcast with you. Those are some those are some big shoes to fill, Seth. Those are like some Shaq size shoes, man. <laughs> size 18 shoes, bro. Let's yeah, go. man. And I, I wear like a nine and a half, so we're going to have to double up, but let's, let's go. Let's go. Right, right. Hey, um, I know you have a lot of new content, new projects in the work that you're working on and that we're distracting you from. But I mean, hey, man, thanks again for taking the time out your schedule to, to join us. We're, we're really blessed and fortunate to have you here with us right now. So but yeah, we're just trying to have ourselves an, an open conversation, man, if you're down for it all. Absolutely. Let's go. Um, in COVID times, a lot of people may feel like they are stuck at home, bored. Remember that like middle mm-hmm. school feeling like, man, I'm so nothing to do. bored. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, this has been one of the most productive years of my life. And I don't know how many people can relate to that, but the opportunity to just work, not being distracted by all of the other things that I guess normally entertain us. Those are things that help us be well, fellowship, interacting with others, going places mm-hmm. and doing things. We definitely haven't had the opportunity to do that, but my hope is that people have been able to take the time that they have been given, shift their perspective a little bit because it's been an abundance of time and actually make some things happen. I know that I have, and I'm hopeful that others have too. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. We wholeheartedly agree with you. 
from that front. And I, I feel like the forecast for this episode is is probably going to have that Jay-Z and Linkin Park collision course feel to it. Do you guys remember that album at all? Oh, man, it's a great <laughs> album. Yeah. Can, I, can I be Jay, please? I don't, I'm not a... Yeah, by not, all means. You don't want the raspy voice? <laughs> well, y'all got the collective of personalities, which would be more like the um, Linkin Park vibe, but uh, I'd be, I'd be oh. happy to... Uh, no, to we play could, Jay's part. We could definitely do that. I say that because you know you're an advocate for mental health awareness and men of the year. Us over here, we discuss taboo and forbidden topics through the lens of men, so we can promote personal growth and personal development. So yeah, I feel there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of tuition and a lot of wisdom that's going to be shared, uh, you know, among this group through you know the open conversation that we're about to have for mental health and growth. But uh, the good part is to our listeners. I mean. We're all familiar with Blake. We all attended the same university. Uh, Dempsey's not here right now, but he and his siblings all went to the same school or district. Both Justin and Chris were uh, were student athletes, so he was a PA announcer. So he called a lot of their games. And Blake and I, we've we've shared you know the same major, so we've had a class or two. But but for those who do not know you, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Because I feel it's a tale of redemption that kind of led to this new movement in your life right now. Yeah, it certainly is. Where to start? Where to start? <laughs> this has been this has been one of the. Uh, it's like uh, it's an art form, right? Somebody says, "Tell your story." <laughs> like, man, I don't. People have said to me, "Have you written a book?" I said, "No," but. Um, when I do, it'll be volume one of many because <laughs> the question, uh, what's your story? Yeah, it's um, Chris has got the visual, right? <laughs> Talking about, um, yeah, just a, uh, there is, is definitely a story to be told. I guess the best place to start said would be um, my bio. If anybody asks me for a concise version of my bio, it reads, from illness to wellness, hopelessness to success, mm-hmm. illness to wellness, hopelessness to success. So going all the way back, I did grow up with one of your co-hosts in, uh, in Big Rapids, Michigan, and um, grew up in a family of athletes, coaches, mm-hmm. teachers, have always appreciated personal development. It's not necessarily where I thought I would end up we were in school together and we studied music business. I really thought that I would be able to use that degree uh, to get into sports and entertainment as a personality. But sometimes purpose is the product of things we never wanted or asked for. Mm. <laughs> sometimes that's, that's purpose <laughs> is the product of things that we never wanted or asked for. And I had this reoccurring theme in my life over and over again that uh, was was trying to show me that advocating for mental health, even though it's not something that I necessarily wanted, was a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so in, uh, in the last handful of years, I've really tried to embrace that purpose, uh, understand that purpose, create a message and a brand around that purpose. And it is, it is absolutely a work in progress. But in a lot of ways, I'm trying to create something that hasn't been created before. There is no blueprint. So if there's a blueprint, if there's a business model for something, then you have an understanding of where to go with it. There's been a lot of trial and error in the development of Respect Your Gift. There's been a lot of trial and error in understanding the purpose itself. 
Um, so that's, that's a process that I am still very much in, but come a long way, um, come a long way in my almost four decades of existence. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 40 in, in like six months. Yikes. Um, <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, Ooh, <laughs> that hurts my heart a little bit. Uh, we're just getting started, uh, but I'll be 40 in, in six months in August. So uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about in those four decades of, uh, of living, but if you yeah. really wanted me to break it down from illness to wellness, hopelessness, uh, to success, I, I try to share priceless perspectives about mental health in life. And I, I try to use some of that pedigree as, uh, an athlete, as a coach and as a teacher. And I, I try to incorporate that with, um, this background as a communicator, use energy, use charisma, um, tell some stories. And, uh, mm -hmm. the, the mission is to communicate the value of mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, I think that's very important. What you, what you said about, uh, our purpose may not take us down the route that we want to go. Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, a lot of us, may have went to went to college for one thing and <laughs> we're all in doing something completely doing something different. entirely yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No question. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt that. So that's a that's the that's the content creator uh, in me too. That's that's one of the the great things about you know I think creativity is an outlet. Creativity is an outlet yeah. and there are a lot of different ways that people are creative. The most trendy way now is, is content because we have these devices in our, um, in our pockets and in our hands that allow us to create content at the drop of a dime and share it with the world. Uh, but you can be creative in a lot of other capacities. Um, you know, whether, whether that is, uh, writing or, uh, cooking, um, could be a creative process. Um, there's so many different ways that we can create. And I really think that if people can tap into whatever it is that they enjoy creating that process of creating as, as, um, as not ideal as it can be at sometimes as stressful as it can be, um, at sometimes it can definitely be a constructive outlet and really rewarding um, as well. So that, that whole, you know, purpose is the, is the product of things that we never wanted or asked for. That was, that was part of a creative process, man. Um, and if you really take the time to dive into whatever your creative process is, you can create some beautiful things. Absolutely. I think a lot of that too comes from the, the journey that you're talking. So like what you were saying, like your journey that helped you to get to your creative spot. Uh, so I think that plays a, a big role in a lot of the stuff that we do either in the past or going forward. Yeah, no question. I, I'll tell you when it came to mental health advocacy, I was definitely selfish when I first got into it. And I, I maintain that, that selfishness to a certain degree. Um, anybody mm -hmm. who is pursuing a career as an on-air personality would tell you that there is some ego that is attached to that. I'd be lying to you if I said that the time that I spent behind a mic, in front of a camera, in front of crowds, if that didn't create some ego, because it absolutely did. So when I got into mental health advocacy, I, I really told myself that 
there are going to be conditions to me doing this. Um, I have personal experience with, with illness and challenges, but I will not allow those to be anything more than context. Um, and that has been a part of my, my message in brand that I have stayed committed to and I, I will continue to be committed to. And part of the reason why is because I know my lane. I know that yeah. I know that energy. I know that um, personality, those are things that I do well. I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. And um, honestly, when I got into this, I said, if I'm going to do um, something that I am not totally in love with, I'm going to at least do it on my terms and include things that I am in love with. And that's been a big difference uh, maker. It's, it's helped me stay committed to this process uh, because like I said in a video that I, I just posted last night, I don't really like mental health. This isn't, this isn't something that I've, I've been passionate about and, and working toward um, and, and feel like I'm, I'm, I'm there. I have a right. Not at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I love music. I love sports. I love entertaining. Um, I do love personal development. And so I've tried to take those passions and use them to, to create principles that help mm -hmm. support this message and brand. Uh, but that has really been something that's kept me going. If I was doing this completely on the traditional terms of the way that people thought about mental health, I, I would have probably burned out a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt that. Um, but I mean, when we, when we look at everyone that's, you know, trying to become the pinnacle of whatever it is, you have to have some, some level of confidence, a little bit of narcissism, you know, all that stuff concocted together. Sure. But yeah. um, besides looking at it from that, that personal angle that you started with, you know, what, with, with respect to your gift, like, what is it that you hope to accomplish? Like, what are the goals? Um, not just yeah. like your personal ones, but just overall for the whole, whole project. That's a great question. Uh, I have really taken this process slow. And part of the reason why uh, I mentioned it's, it's, it's creating something that doesn't really have a blueprint. Another reason why is because I want to make sure that this is constructed um, the right way. I, I don't, because there's not a blueprint, I really don't want to just wing it and dive in. And, and some people uh, may tell you that's the best way to do it. You, you live and you learn. But to your question, we have gone and created a mission. We have gone and created a vision. And those things will serve as um, a foundation building blocks for everything mm -hmm. else that we do. So when you ask me, what is the long-term goal of, of Respect Your Gift? What do you hope to accomplish? Uh, it's, it's a world where mental health is embraced as foundational to success and happiness. That's the vision. The, the mission is, is to uh, communicate the value of mental health. We use an optimistic voice and associations to do that. So the, mm -hmm. the long version of the mission would be to use an optimistic voice and associations to communicate the value of mental health. The vision, the long-term vision is a world where mental health is embraced as foundational to success and happiness. And I, mm -hmm. I believe that 
the word embrace to me, the difference between the word embrace and accept is value. When we yeah. embrace something, we're finding value in it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want people to think about accepting their mental health. I want people to think about embracing their mental health because mm-hmm. it's valuable. I mean, it's, it's true though. Like um, just looking at it and, and saying, Oh, you know, I accept you. Okay. Well, doesn't matter if you accept me or, or what have you know, it's, it's, if right. you're, and intolerant is a is a bad bad kind of term to use as well because you think of it in a positive way, but in reality, it's not actually fully taking it in and you know being yeah. one with it, like embracing. Like you go in for a hug, you hold them, you're you're one. That's 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 definitely a, a very powerful thing that I think people need to understand and be okay with, and that's that journey that you know you're going to try and help them get to and help people understand. Yeah, word words are important. Uh, words are important, and the types of words that we use, uh, they really mean a lot. Some people may use words without uh, a lot of meaning, but mm-hmm. if you really break them down, think about how often somebody may have taken you to the definition of a word. You're trying to to gain understanding of something, and you go right mm-hmm. to the definition of what that word really means. The definition of the word accept is different from the definition of the word embrace. Um, and, and that's been something that we've been very intentional about with, uh, with, with the development of Respect Your Gift is really um, focusing on the words. And what did these words actually mean? Because I, I can tell you my expectation is that this, this brand um, lives on past, past, past me long after I do. Um, but I also think that's, that's the reason that you have to be, uh, very intentional and strategic about the way that you build it. You know, I can say to use an optimistic voice to communicate the value of mental health. That's my voice, but the whole idea of associations, the whole idea of incorporating other people's voice into what we're doing, there has to be a strategy behind that. And the words are important. So when we distinguish, um, embrace from accept, it's important that there's an understanding there so that the legacy of the brand can live on. After my heart stops beating, after the the breath leaves my lungs, there will still be people who understand what we're trying to accomplish, who can take that legacy and and carry on um, long after my individual vision. Yeah. It's all about that foundation. In uh, construction, in construction, we used to say measure twice, cut once. It's all about Hmm. getting it right as much as you can the first time. Measure twice, cut once. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a life principle. That's a life. (laughs) That's a, that's a life principle. Man, I think about, you know, what comes to mind when you say that is uh, I talk about, I talk about follow through a lot. Um, Follow through is, is a big deal uh, to me because we, you can, you can talk about it, but are you really about it? A lot of us have great ideas. Um, we, we may follow through on something inconsistently or once in a while, but being able Mm -hmm. to follow through on something regularly, um, just being able to follow through in general, but follow through is a a life principle. But if you think about it in terms of basketball, uh, think about, uh, follow through in terms of basketball, they coach that the best way to shoot the ball is to follow through. Why is it coached or taught that the best way to shoot the basketball is to follow through. It's because it gives the shot its best chance at going in. 
when you follow through in life, that gives whatever it is you're doing its best chance at succeeding. So when you talk about construction and measure twice, cut once, it's that same kind of thing with, mm-hmm. with the follow through. Uh, you know, think about follow through in the way that it's coached in basketball. It's not just a uh, it's it's not just a way of shooting the basketball. It's a life principle. Blake, I have a question for you. You mentioned mental health is foundational and the basic building blocks for success and happiness. Uh, what did you mean by that? Yeah, that's that's another part of that uh, that messaging that's just been developed over time. But there is absolutely meaning behind it. Uh, so respect your gift. Respect your gift was a phrase that I used to use working with student athletes years ago. When I first moved uh, to Lansing to work as the Lugnuts uh, MC, I also worked at a gym and mentored some student athletes. And so one of the, uh, one of the phrases that I would use, because I was also creating content at the same time, one of the phrases that I would use was respect your gift. Um, when I finally decided to embrace the purpose of advocating for mental health, I rebranded a company that I created around the time that I graduated from Ferris. And I was looking for a new name, um, something different. Uh, the company was originally created to market myself as a personality. And mm-hmm. I was now going to use it as a mental health advocacy. And I thought, respect your gift, respect your gift. And this idea of mental health being foundational as infinite or as, um, as premature as it was at the time, as, as much as it's, it was in its infancy or infant stages, this idea of mental health being foundational, I still knew that this was something that I wanted to go forward with and better understand. So Respect your gift. The thing that we say with respect your gift to help people better understand um, what this is, is that mental health is foundational. It can support success and happiness. We show respect to our gifts through the management of our mental health. Mental health is foundational. It can support success and happiness. We show respect to our gifts through the management of our mental health. So when I say that mental health is foundational, I'm saying that mental health, your mental health can help support Uh, success in every other area of life, as long as you are making the management of your mental health a priority and not just making it a priority, but doing what? Doing what? Yeah. Following through on that management. So respect your gift, those gifts, whatever those gifts are, whether you think about your uh, career, your family, being an athlete, uh, that talent that you've been blessed with, whatever that gift is, or whatever that set of gifts is, your ability to succeed, to be happy just in life in general, because you may think about life as the gift. Life is the greatest gift of all. Not everybody may feel that way, but the reality is that uh, life is a gift. So respect your gift, whatever you deem that gift to be, your mental health is foundational to you succeeding and being happy with that gift. And so how do you build that foundation? You build that foundation by managing your mental health. Um, And the question that somebody hit me with a few months ago that I didn't have an answer to, I was really thankful that they (laughs) asked me because I had to learn from that experience. They said, what is management? What do you mean by management? To me, management consists of three things. When I, when I say manage your mental health, we're talking about wellness. Wellness is the active pursuit of good health. 
whatever that may be for you. Um, Self-care is the preservation of good health. So once you find those things that help you be well, then you're actually prioritizing and following through on them. You're preserving your health. And then the third is what a lot of people um, know as emotional intelligence. I've tried to take a slightly different approach to it. I, I call it soft skills. They're soft skills. I really think that soft skills are a part of what we're talking about here. And soft skills traditionally are something that you hear about in the workforce. Um, you, you may hear your employer talk about soft skills and they're the, they're the opposite of the technical skills. So we all went to school to gain a technical understanding of, um, in business, it would be the principles of accounting and economics and, and management marketing. That's a technical skill set. The soft skills are those personality traits and those attributes that allow us to interact and communicate effectively with others. But I would argue um, that if we're using those personality traits and attributes to effectively interact and communicate with others, then we're also using them to interact and communicate with the person who we interact and communicate with the most. And who is that? It's ourselves. Right. So I, I really think that when you talk about management, you know, respect your gift, you respect your gift by building that foundation, managing your mental health. Um, what is management? Well, it's, it's the active pursuit of good health. It's the preservation of good health. And then it's, it's soft skills, those personality traits and those attributes that help you to interact and communicate effectively with yourself. Got it. No, I appreciate uh, you sharing that with us. I do think that's very important. hundred percent. It's a, it's like a system, man. If you think about a system, mm-hmm. people do well with systems. If you can present yeah. a system to somebody, um, a mentor of mine said, create a system. He said like Billy Blanks, create a system, mm-hmm. right? We see Billy Blanks doing Tybo on a Geico commercial and it's a joke <laughs> in 2021. But 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whenever Billy Blanks was popping with his Tybo system, that system revolutionized the game at that time. Mm-hmm. My man probably made a million, multiple millions off of what? Off that system. The development of a system that that gives people something that they it's like it's like presenting to people and saying, I've got three points for you. I've got five points for you. And they go, oh, I got like I got. So I get it. I get it. Three points coming at me. Five point five point system. Like, let's go. Um, When you can break it down for people that way, it really simplifies the process and makes it that much more value. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a question for you, Blake. So at one point you were homeless and uh, in trouble with the law. Uh, Can you tell us like the hardships that you faced? And then how did that impact on your mental health and how did it, like, what impacts did it leave on you? Yeah, it, it left a lot of, uh, <laughs> it left a lot of impact on me. Um, so in my experience with mental health, the, uh, the, the most impactful thing um, that I've learned is how to manage. And, and if you knew my story, some people may say, uh, wow, it, it wasn't one of these, these other uh, challenges that you face. No, it was how to manage um, through a lot of living and most importantly, learning. Uh, I was able to to learn how to manage my mental health. And that's an art form. That's something that's different 
for everybody. There's no exact science to managing your mental health. Every human being is different and the way that every human being manages their mental health is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not here to, to try and tell people to, to do it a specific way. That's not my role at all. But what I am trying to do is make mental health valuable so that people are motivated to, to prioritize and follow through on taking care of their mental health, specifically to my story. Um, the, the, the challenges for me really started about the age of 16. And since that time, I have, I have hit rock bottom on a couple of different occasions. Um, there have been a lot of experiences um, with, you know, whether, whether you're talking about experiences with, with anxiety and depression, psychiatric hospitals in jail, um, substance abuse and addiction, self-harm, suicide attempts. Those are all things that have been a part of my past, but those are also, uh, as we started this off and I talked about the context, they're just context. Those are things that can help people better understand my story. But against all of those things, still the most impactful thing that I've learned is how to manage my, my mental health, what works for me. And that's something that I live by every day. If there's one thing on a day-to-day basis that I'm going to prioritize and follow through on, it's going to be the management of my mental health because that sets the foundation for Mm -hmm. me to then succeed with anything else that I want to do. Thank you. I appreciate you touching on those issues because I know there's a lot of people out there that are are, uh, facing those challenges. And it's good that like you did go through those challenges and you were still able to, like you said, like manage them and still be able to prosper in life. So uh, for people that's going through some of those things like, hey, like you said, you just got to follow through and get help and uh, try to make the best of it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's real important to talk about that stuff. You will not hear me talk about the illness and challenges a lot. And the reason why is because that's not, that's not the focus of my message or my brand, but I do think it's important to help people understand uh, some of the context as Mm -hmm. to where this, this purpose comes from. Why, why mental health advocacy? Why respect your gift? When you say sometimes purpose is the product of things that we never wanted or asked for, like why, what, what was it that led to that? Learning how to manage is the most significant, but all of those other things that I just mentioned. And I I really think that in a, in a year like 2020 has been what we're still experiencing with this pandemic. It's as important as ever to be transparent about that. Mm -hmm. I, I in no way, shape or form want it to become defining. I would never want my message to turn into something that is defined by the the illness and challenges, because I think that even though that is where our culture is currently at and the culture of mental health has come Mm -hmm. so far with people being able to now be transparent and vulnerable um, to to be honest and share some of their story. I also think that focusing too much on that, as well-intentioned as I think people in the mental health space are, I think that focusing too much on the illness and challenges, being um, focusing just on being transparent and vulnerable, the safe spaces. I think that in in some ways that perpetuates the stigma. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the irony there is that a lot of people, a lot of people are well intentioned about trying to eliminate the stigma, 
And, and the irony is that by solely focusing on the things that they are or taking the approach that they are, they're actually perpetuating it because we continue to associate mental health with just illness and challenges. And, and that's, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to move the culture in a different direction and say, we can associate mental health with, 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 with some things that are, that are not those traditional associations. They're not just the illness and challenges, but we mm-hmm. can talk about mental health in a different context. And when we do that, you will start to see a gradual shift in the culture, um, especially right. as more and more people buy into that, that collective will build momentum and eventually change, um, change the world into a world that embraces mental health as valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pretty thing that uh, I don't know, man. I'm glad we got to talk to you. So, because uh, I was going through some crazy stuff, man, and um, I don't remember how it happened, but I started listening to uh, ET, and that's kind of like what kind of yeah. started me on like just like uh, I guess getting serious about my goals and purposes. And then, so um, I know I guess uh, you were able to work with them, and uh, I was wondering like how did that help, and then like how did he help in your own growth? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, you know, as a, as a man of faith, I think that the, uh, the way that, uh, I met Eric was divine. Um, Eric is, Eric is a pastor. Eric is a friend. Eric is a mentor. Um, when I, when I moved to Lansing to work with the lug nuts, I really didn't know much about who Eric Thomas was. It was only a few months before the, uh, the secret to success video. I had been shown that video by a friend. Uh, and at the time I didn't know who Eric Thomas was. I didn't recognize the voice, um, in that video, but it was probably six months later that I met Eric at a lug nuts game. He was throwing out a first pitch, Mm. uh, because he was on a book tour and, uh, he and I just chopped it up for about 10 minutes um, he gave me his phone number. He said, let's, let's meet up in, in a few days. Um, I went home and I did some research and I realized that he was the guy from the video that I had been shown by a friend months earlier. Um, <laughs> that is divine. How you say it like that? <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, just it's wild. And, uh, you know, at that time I still had a lot of, uh, still had a lot of growing to do in my, in my own life. Um, we're all growing, constantly yeah. growing, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of um, growth to do. And so I actually lost touch with Eric for a few years. Um, Justin, you asked about the, the trap house. So I hit rock bottom for the second time in my life in the fall of 2016. And I wound up moving into a trap house because I was homeless. I lived in a trap house for eight months. And the crazy thing about living in the trap house um, was while I was exposed to, to all of these destructive things around me, I was able to tap into this, uh, this focus and perseverance to fight back and, and, and to try to, um, gain some stability in my life. I think one of the things that did it, my, my upbringing, um, my, my faith, you know, the, the foundation and support system that I have been blessed to have, that was, that was number one. But number two was being able to see the people around me, the people in that trap house, and knowing that if I allowed that to consume me, I, I was going to underachieve in, in such a disappointing way. 
And so the drive became just relentless to do everything that I could to not fall in, to, to literally fall into that trap. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but while I was living there, I, I reconnected with Eric and um, started to meet some people in his network, wound up a member of their church and uh, built that, that community um, and also had the opportunity to collaborate with Eric on multiple occasions, uh, which has been um, a blessing. And so I've learned mm-hmm. a lot of things from, um, from E over the years. And uh, I'm sure that, that I'll continue uh, to learn from E because he, uh, he, he definitely has a lot of uh, wisdom to share. Yeah. No, most definitely. And it's uh it's actually funny too. So a kid uh always got um I played football with, he actually uh, I guess uh Eric mentored him too, uh William Hollis. So like and it was crazy because okay. uh what I was going through, man, I was just listening to all these like motivational uh speakers and stuff like that to help me through. And then I discovered I was like, What? I was like, this is crazy. You know, I remember uh, going to school with this guy, playing football with this guy, and he's actually doing really well. And, like, I love that, like, you know, he's putting this message out there and stuff like that and, like, really, like, helping people. And um, actually, like, one of his messages was about um, how we refer to each other, you know, and I had an interesting conversation with some young man about, like, hey, you know, we don't have to call each other that. And the kid was like, what do we call each other? I was like, well, we all kings here, you know, and, like, just kind of preaching that method, you know. I think we did a little site um, talk about, like, the N-word and stuff like that and just, like, not using yep. it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. it's crazy, and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, you've been able to come on here and share your story and stuff like that. So thank you. I really do appreciate you answering the questions. Yeah, you're welcome, Justin. Um it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of wild, the, the process of learning um, what to share, when to share, uh, what, um, what platforms to, to share things on. Uh, you know, you, there's, there's a balance between um, keeping it real and also protecting the brand. And, and some people's mm-hmm. brand is, is just keeping it real in, in just a super raw way. Um, as, a, as an advocate, I want to, I want to reach as many people as I can. And so I'm, I'm very mindful of not just the way that I share things, but also, um, m- my presentation of how I, uh, I share things because y- you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to make everybody happy. There are going to be people in this world who don't like you, but when I'm, I'm trying to share such an inclusive message, I, you know, I like, I don't, I'm not concerned so much whether or not you like me, but if you appreciate my message, if you can understand that mental health is valuable, uh, then, then that's a win as far as I'm concerned. But with the sharing thing, yeah, there are, there are some stories um, and, and there are some, uh, some things that, you know, everybody's got uh, kind of those, those skeletons in the closet. And there's a lot of power in being able to share those things. Uh, but I, I think that you have to be intentional about that. And it's, it, there's actually, there's a relationship here to one of the things that I, that I learned um, from Eric, which was there's such a thing as too much energy. There's such a thing as too much energy. And, and that was something that I didn't understand. There was a time in my life where I thought I got to give them all of my energy. I have to give people all of my story. Uh, I just got to, you know, rough, rugged, raw, like just lay it all out there and let them, um, do with it what they will. 
but that's that's kind of like that that idea of there's such a thing as too much energy. You're you're not going to um, you're not going to crank the amp. Uh, so said, you know, the, the, the music background, right. You're yeah. not going to just crank the amp. You're not going to crank the amp to 10 right from the jump. You're, you're going to build on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you think about it, you know, in terms of just, just a, a single song, there's a crescendo. And so when it comes to energy presenting, sharing your story, any of those things, you have to understand the crowd that you're presenting to, you have to understand the venue that you're in um you got to understand what bits and pieces of your story you want to share that create an allure that make people want to know more if i came on here and told you every single thing about my story people would end this call and go all right so i know everything i need to know about that guy who's next i want people to be intrigued i want there to be an allure so so it's you want to know more great um let's continue to build on that absolutely (laughs) <laughs> no, I can dig that, man, for real. Um, no, I think you uh, you hit it right there on the head with that. Um, I had, I have a quick question. With the whole value messaging that you that you bring and that you have, how do you want Respect Your Gift to, to help and motivate others and to help them apply the principles that you've developed so mm-hmm. that they can apply it to their own lives? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's a good question. Hey. Um, so, it's, <laughs> hey. It's a, hey. Uh, so listen, man, I, I am, a, <laughs> I am far from a, uh, a scientist or a psychologist or a social worker. Uh, when I first jumped into the mental health advocacy game, a lot of people got it twisted and thought that I must've studied psychology, that I must've went to school um, to be a social worker. And that was, that was tough for me. It still happens to this day, um, where, where people think that, um, I'm somebody that is here to help support them, uh, in their, their experiences with, with challenges. And, and I think as human beings, we can all do that for one another, but Mm -hmm. I also just, just real, um, honestly tell you that I am very protective of my own well being. To the point where I'm I'm selfish about self care, and you have to be. Um, yeah, you, you absolutely have to, be. have to be. There are also people though who um, they have such a big heart. There's there's a there's such a thing as compassion fatigue. People who have such a big heart, people who are passionate about working in those service based industries, for example, um, that uh, they experience things like burnout. I know for myself, especially because of some of my past experiences, that would not be a good place for me. Um, it wouldn't have been a good place for me 20, 10 years ago, and it wouldn't be a good place for me now. So I, I have told people in the past, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm, I'm not, this is not something that I do. It's not something I'm qualified to do, nor is it something that I'm even interested in. Um, again, it, when I embraced this, I said that, all right, I'm going to do it on my own terms. So with, with the, with the message, with the brand creating value around mental health or communicating the value of mental health. The reason I say all that is to say this, I don't know a lot about, um, Abraham Maslow, but he created a hierarchy of, um, uh, of basic human 
needs, um, mm-hmm. basic human motivation. And you can say what you will about it. If you research Maslow's hierarchy, you'll see that there are a lot of people who, who disagree with that. It's just one man's opinion. And there are some things about it that I don't agree with. Um, according to Maslow's hierarchy, in order to achieve self-actualization where things like purpose live, you have to have your physiological needs met, um, your safety and security met. And I was living in a trap house, uh, sitting on a porch in the middle of the Michigan winter with my laptop in a space heater, creating content and building respect your gift. You can't tell me that you have to have your physiological and your safety and security needs met to walk in purpose. So in not every way do I agree with Maslow's hierarchy, but I do agree with what Maslow essentially said, that people are motivated by things that they see as valuable. People are motivated by things that add value to their lives. And so my belief is that if we can communicate, if we can effectively communicate the value of mental health, people will be motivated to take care of it. One of the biggest problems is that we traditionally and most commonly associate mental health with illness and challenges. Where's the value in that? Mm -hmm. How do you expect somebody to find their mental health valuable when the most common associations that we draw are to illness and challenges? And I get it to a certain degree because the Illness and challenges associated with mental health are what need resolution. Those are the things that need to be fixed and repaired. So why should they not be the focus um, of our time and energy? I get that, but I don't think that focusing on them so that the culture of mental health becomes about illness and challenges is the way to resolve those those issues. I think perspective is priceless. And the first Mm -hmm. step in, in understanding and communicating the value of mental health is realizing that our mental health can be foundational to success and happiness. You remove the illness and challenges piece and you build into the culture um, the, the idea of success and happiness. And it's not to discount the illness and challenges. It's not to say that they're not real, but it is to say that if you can make, communicate the value of mental health whether it's somebody who uh, is in crisis and, and is scratching and clawing to save their own life, or it's Doug Baldwin who just needed somebody to talk to so that he could put himself in a position to win a Super Bowl. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think mm. that there is this, there's this culture that we've created that says that mental health is illness and, and challenges. And, and I do think that a lot of people understand that it's more than that, but the, the um, kind of the, the general idea of mental health is that it's illness and challenges. And we're really doing ourselves a disservice um, by making that the focal point. You can tap into people from every aspect of the spectrum by communicating the value of mental health, showing them that um, that value adds value to their lives. And then as a result, they'll be motivated to take care. And you can do mm-hmm. everything from enhancing lives to saving them. Man. Yeah, I agree completely. <laughs> I mean, the, the, way, the way it kind of 
rolled off in my head is, I mean, the way society is currently, we're always looking at that surface level, that quick answer, the quick fix, you know, they're not looking at, you know, what's the root or where can we stem this off at the, at the lowest part to start building back up, like you were saying, that foundation. So, um, so when we, when we, when we look at it and, and as people are listening to this podcast and, you know, looking at your project that you have going on and everything, you know, what, what advice do you have for some of these listeners about, you know, their, their mental health, how to protect it, how to care for it. Um, yeah. Whether it's, you know, from your own experiences or kind of like how, how things have been driving for you, like where would you kind of put some of that, that onus at? I, I would say the first, uh, the first thing that I would do is, is challenge you to shift your perspective. And if, if you are already somebody who doesn't think about mental health, um, as it relates to illness and challenges, if that's not the first place that your mind goes, then you're ahead of the game. Um, sometimes I feel like the world isn't ready for my message. Um, that's maybe that's, maybe that's part of the reason that I am working so hard to build this thing strategically so that if the world isn't ready for this message for 50, a hundred years, when I'm gone, the message will still be here, um, for the world when it is ready. Uh, but the first, the first thing that I would encourage people to do is to shift their perspective. If you can stop thinking about mental health as illness and challenges, and again, it's not to discount the illness and challenges. Um, in some way, shape, or form, we can all relate to that, whether it's directly or indirectly. But if you can shift your perspective to a more value-based perspective, saying that my mental health is something that's going to help me achieve success with whatever it is that's important to you, life, important to you in life, whatever that gift is, my mental health is something that's going to help me find happiness. Not my mental health is the reason that I'm sick. My mental health is the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, we shift our perspective. And so if you see yourself or you, I'm sorry, if you see your mental health as valuable, you'll be able to then put yourself in a position to win. Why? Because you'll be motivated. You'll be motivated to take better care of it. It's not very motivating when you think about your mental health as, as something that is um, the, the root, the source, maybe even the cause of any illness and challenges that you're facing. But if you mm-hmm. think about it as something that can help support success and happiness in your life, and the, the, the thought process is one thing, um, the next level would be to start conditioning yourself to really practice that. And so my, my next challenge to people would be now, to, now, now try to have a, a conversation about mental health in a valuable way. Try to have a conversation about mental health that isn't just about illness and challenges. And and, and even if you you are you are slowly getting there and your conversation about mental health is is built around the idea of um, illness and challenges. Talk about what they what what you've learned, what those illness and challenges have taught you. Um, How have you grown? Um, How can you use those to better yourself? We get so caught up. In, in, uh, in, in the idea of um, sharing our story sometimes that we, we get into this, this woe is me uh, mentality. And so mm. I, I would encourage people to think about it differently and then act upon that, have a different conversation. Um, try to talk about 
uh, mental health and uh, in, in, uh, in creativity. Talk mm-hmm. about mental health and um, music. Talk about mental health and uh, in sports. Talk about mental health in, in faith. There's there's a video. I'm just going to start rattling them all off because I posted a video a couple of weeks ago where I just I listed off. People were probably like, "Yo, when are you going to stop saying talk about mental health and this and that?" But I was I was trying to exactly, and I ran out of fingers, man. I went like, but I'm I'm saying like I was trying to help people understand that there are so many other things that you can talk about mental health and as opposed to just illness and challenges because. In, in some ways that just continues to perpetuate the stigma and it can also be a defeating conversation. Um, we need to, we need to interject uh, some, some hope, some optimism yeah. and some hope into our conversation. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it too is, is like you were saying, just get that, that positive positivity in there because we look at things we're like, Oh, that's a problem. That's not a problem. It's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always that opportunity for, for something better to come about it, you know? Um, yeah. And, and like, you know, you guys were talking about Eric Thomas before, like I had the pleasure of having him for a, a company event when we, when we all got to celebrate some stuff. And I mean, the energy that he gave off and, and the, I don't want to say pride, but like the, the way he made you feel Just passion. about looking at, yeah, the, the way he made you feel about looking at the positive side of things like leeching that I think is, is a huge thing too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost uh, infectious. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people really have to take the time to, to understand that, uh, you know, you only have yourself at the end of the day. I think that a lot of people have to realize that you have to take care of your mental well Uh We have to get away from, from being scared to talk about, certain certain things that bother us and and like you were saying Blake it's we have to shift that paradigm away from you know mental health is or is always just about mental illness Mm -hmm. we have to we have to get better at having open dialogue and discussions to to better ourselves and I think I think a lot of people are 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 starting to do that. Yeah. There's, there's some people who still might not feel very comfortable with it. I mean, we had a, we had an episode about uh men in therapy don't mix. And we, um, we're just taking, we're just taking everything one step at a time, whenever you're ready, knock it out. I know that you might not be able to, to, to cure any mental illness that you may have or anything that's been bothering you, but chip away at it. You, you'll feel so much better about yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mentioned, um, I mentioned Doug Baldwin, who was a receiver for the Seahawks and Doug Mm -hmm. Baldwin tweeted a couple of years ago. I think it was after, um, they, the Seahawks had won the Super Bowl. but I I, I've got a video, um, that I, I posted a few years ago where I said someday a Super Bowl champion will talk about how their mental health helps support their achievement. The, the one it's, it's not a beef, but the, the one kind of, catch to Doug Baldwin's tweet was that he talked specifically about therapy. And I I think therapy is incredibly valuable. I also think therapy is one of those traditional associations to mental health that um, people think about. And they say, if you're in therapy, you're crazy. Now we have, we have changed that perspective in the eyes of many people. One of my goals is to also say there are a number of other things that you can do to take care of your mental health outside of those traditional associations like Mm -hmm. medication or Mm -hmm. therapy. 
you can be creative. You can run, man. I, I love, I love running and I've had eight knee surgeries. I've had three ACL tears. Ooh. I've had a meniscus Ouch. transplant. There was a time in my life where running was not something that I was able to do. And I was so hopeful that I'd be able to return to it. I love to run, but I'm not, I'm not cross country runner guy. I love to run because running creates an endorphin dump. The runner's yeah. high is mm -hmm. real. The runner's it high is. is real. The runner's high is real. And for my addictive personality to be able to tap into something constructive like that, whether it's running or being creative, channeling my energy. And those are the kinds of associations that I'm talking about when we say we can use these things to communicate the value of mental health. There may be a small segment of people who look at therapy and say, this is, this is, this is um, one of the things that helps me um, put myself in a position to win with my mental health. It helps me mm -hmm. build this foundation. And that segment may be growing, but it's not just about those traditional associations. It's about the non-traditional associations as well. And, and that's something that this Respect Your Gift brand will continue to, to build on. And I'm real excited about that because I think that that is what will help propel the conversation when I'm able to tell people that, yeah, I love, I love working out and, and yes, I was an athlete, but I don't, I don't still work out because I'm, I'm still trying to be an athlete at 40 years old. I work out because it's good for my mental health. And I love mm -hmm. interjecting that phrase into a conversation about fitness because I've had it with many people who immediately hear that. And you can see the look on their face and they think when they hear mental health, it's like their mind goes straight to depression. Their mind goes mm -hmm. straight to anxiety. Their mind goes straight to, are you in counseling? Are you in therapy? What kind of medication do you take? I say, <laughs> nah, bro, nah, bro. It's a different conversation. Start We're not, no, what, what I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm doing is building a foundation that's going to help me succeed with my gifts. This is something that's going to help me succeed with this purpose that I have. It's going to help me build this company. Someday, if I ever am fortunate enough to have a family, it's going to help me succeed as a husband and as a father. It's going to help me succeed in all of these different things that I do as a teacher, the students that I interact with. Why am I able to make an impact on them? It's because I prioritize and follow through on the management of my mental health. And that foundation is strong enough to support success and happiness. And what is the thing that motivates me to do that day after day? It's knowing that mental health is valuable. So, so my mission in life is to communicate the value of mental health, because I believe regardless of where you're at from enhancing lives to saving them, if you mm. embrace that mental health is valuable, you'll be motivated to take care of it. And that's not just something I believe it's something that I personally know. Man, you're dropping gems left and right. right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I, hey I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I think uh, you just don't need therapy and, and, and medication to, you know, those aren't just the only outlets that you need to have a, a cathartic experience, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, before we get up out of here, I just got one very quick question. Uh, Blake, where can our listeners find you? Should they want to collaborate with you, book you for events or to watch and follow your content to learn a little bit more about you and respect your gift? I mean, do you have social media yeah. handles, website? What are we looking I like? I do. Yeah, man. And it's, it's real easy. It's respect your gift across all platforms with exception to one. 
So you you can find me on uh, there. There is a uh, there's a Facebook page. I have an Instagram. Uh, have a Twitter, and there is also the Respect Your Gift uh, website. I do have a YouTube channel, but when I got into this, I I, I told y'all that um, when I graduated, uh, when I graduated, I created a company to market myself. First name is Blake. Last name is Kernovic. I took uh, the VIC from Kernovic. I smushed it all together and spelled BlakeVic.com. It was pretty silly, but you know, in uh, in the in the journey everybody's got some things that, uh, you know, go well, um, hopefully go well. And then others that fall flat on their face. Um, I learned a lot from the BlakeVig.com experience, um, <laughs> or should I say experiment? Uh, but the YouTube channel, when I first started the YouTube channel, I created, I created the YouTube channel as uh, BlakeVig.com. And um, you have to have a certain amount of subscribers to be able to change the name of your uh, YouTube channel. But reflecting on this, I don't think I'll ever change um, the name of that YouTube channel, no matter how many subscribers I have. And I may never get to enough subscribers to actually change the name. But if I ever do, I don't think I will because it's part of the story. It's part of the journey. There would be no respect your gift without BlakeVic.com. Uh, so if you're, if you're looking to find me on, uh, YouTube, you could probably just search respect your gift. And I, I think my content will come up, back. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking for the channel, it would be blakevic.com. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how you can find me. It's, it's respect your gift across all platforms except one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have, uh, you have followers in us, man. We, we, are. Uh... We're big fans of what you're doing, and we couldn't think of a better first guest than you. I mean, we really appreciate you for for coming through and chopping it up with us. I mean, Blake, like, feel free to join us whenever you want, man. This platform is yours to share your thoughts and future projects. So, like, the invite is out there for you, and we would love to have you back. So, so keep up the good work, man. For Thanks, real, fellas. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Hey, I, I don't thank mind leeching off your positive energy. Either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know right? I'm about to go to sleep feeling great tonight, man. <laughs> uh one uh well i i appreciate that thank you thank you and um keep doing what you're doing because this we talked about the power of being creative mm -hmm. we talked about the power of collaboration and in fellowship these are examples of all of those things uh the last thing that i i would like to um leave you with is is what i what i what i yes you, i was about um, to everyone. ask you. That? go <laughs> I ahead about, I, I, I was I'm about gonna, to ask you cut you go no, no, no. <laughs> i was gonna say right before we go can you share your clothes and model that you say so yeah, eloquently yeah, at the end of your videos yeah, yeah. it was that proper send-off um, in every uh in every video you know it's when i first started doing videos i thought like how are you supposed to it, it just feels so awkward to just cut the camera off and, and so I was looking for some way to, to sign off and I played with different things over the years. And I finally arrived um, to this kind of clapping, uh, let's go. And it, it just um, it just developed over time. And so it's uh, it's turned into small steps, great distances, you know. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. I love it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's respect your gift. Blake Kernovic. You already know who we are. Men of the year. Your mama's favorite group of men. Until next time, we love y'all. Peace. Men of the year. Men of the year. Men of the year. Men of the year.